This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The sturdier and far superior versions of the standard rank and file B1 battle droids were their advanced cousins, the BX series commando droids. Equipped with white glowing photoreceptors, these units came programmed with battlefield awareness and improved combat tactics. These white markings on the droids' heads and chests identified the high-ranking commando droids and captains amongst them. For infiltration missions, the BX, due to their heads being more compact than regular B1s, could even wear Phase 1 clone trooper armor. Tough enough to withstand several direct hits from a DC-15A blaster carbine because of their thoroughly dense armor and enhanced durability, and with exceptional agility and acrobatic abilities, the advanced commando droids had a much quicker speed and reaction time than the typical B1s could ever hope to match. Now even if a Jedi's lightsaber were to cut off their legs, the BXs could still continue to fight, and for infiltration missions, they were able to alter their vocabularies to match the voices of the clones. However, though the BXs could disguise themselves in clone armor and alter their voices, their droid brains didn't allow them to act organic. The droid's movements were atypical and they acknowledged orders with the usual battle droid Roger Roger. However, what they lacked intact, the BXs made up for in strength, as demonstrated when one of their units effortlessly lifted clone trooper Captain Rex up by his neck, Darth Vader style. Though the BXs were clearly superior to the cannon fodder of the standard B1 battle droids, production cost-wise, making them on the same mass scale as the standard B1s was economically unreasonable. The advanced battle droids wielded several weapons during battle, such as their E5 blaster rifles, which were the common blasters used by the Separatist droid army. But the BXs were also seen employing vibroswords and thermal detonators, as well as sniper rifles to snipe their enemies with. But not all their equipment was lethal. They had special shields for protection and stun batons when they needed to subdue a target alive. The commandos were also spotted utilizing rocket launchers against the Night Sisters of Dathomir during the Separatist attack against the mysterious Force users. During the Clone Wars, the BXs were deployed by General Grievous to take over the Republic's Rishi Moon Station as part of a planned attack on Kamino, which, if you didn't know, was the planet that hosted the Republic's cloning facility. Now, the commando droids were able to maintain control until the arrival of Captain Rex and Commander Cody, who were able to destroy the droids and retake the station. However, when the Separatists called in for additional commando droids as reinforcements, it took the sacrifice of a clone trooper named Heavy to stop their plans against the Republic. As the BXs had hardwired the station's all-clear signal, the clones reasoned that the only way then to make the Republic aware of the Separatists' plans was to destroy the moon base, but the Tabana gas necessary to destroy the station did not link up with their detonator. So, Heavy had no choice but to do it manually and activate the detonator himself, destroying the station and protecting the closest thing the clones have to a home, Kamino. When the Republic fleet stopped getting the all-clear signal after the destruction of the base, they sent their fleet to investigate, outnumbering Grievous's forces, leaving the cyborg general no choice but to retreat. The defeat didn't stop the Confederacy from using the commando droids on several missions throughout the war, 
like when Grievous sent them to capture High Council member Jedi Master Eeth Koth aboard his flagship, the Steadfast. When Koth's fellow Jedi, Arigalia, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Anakin Skywalker were sent to the rescue of the Jedi Master, Grievous was forced to crash land on the surface of the Outer Rim world of Seleucami, where he used two of the commando droids as snipers against the Republic forces. Captain Rex was almost killed when one of the snipers shot him. The hit, in fact, would have been lethal had it been two inches to the left, but the captain was able to recover at a farmstead that belonged to a man named Cut Laquane, who was a clone deserter. Despite their philosophical differences, the pair of clones eventually teamed up and successfully defended the family Cut had made from the BXs, and ultimately leaving on good terms between the two. Now, during Cad Bane's hostage takeover of the Galactic Senate, the galaxy's second best bounty hunter had used BXs to impersonate the Senate commandos and hold the Republic senators hostage. The Duros killer actually managed to make his escape. The advanced battle droid saw action on many more occasions throughout the war, but even years later, after the end of the Clone Wars, the Sith Lord Darth Vader, following the destruction of the first Death Star, had specialized versions of the BXs made in secret to serve him in his machinations against his Sith Master. Darth Sidious. Vader had learned that Palpatine had made plans to replace him with a new generation of cyborgs, created by a cybernetist named Silo, so the commando droids played an important part in Vader's crawl back to power following his failure at the Battle of Yavin. A little over three decades after Vader's failure at Yavin, Resistance ace pilot Poe Dameron was on a mission to rescue a commando spy droid named N1ZX, or Nunzex, that had been programmed with a self-preservation algorithm that made the droid prioritize its own survival and gave it a selfish and grumpy personality matrix. But Poe needed to get the ungrateful commando droid to the resistance base on Takar, as Nunzix had information on the First Order, and had even obtained the location of the fascist regime's commander himself, Supreme Leader Snoke. But soon, Poe came to suspect that the droid's information was a ruse to lure the resistance into a trap arranged by Agent Terex of the First Order Security Bureau. When Terex and his rank gang had pursued Poe to a cave, Poe had to override Nunzik's programming when the commando droid's survival protocols prevented the droid from aiding the resistance ace in fighting Terex's forces. Replacing Nunzix's selfish, aloof personality with that of a B-1 battle droid named Mr. Bones, personality instead, which is a total riff on HK-47 from Legends. Mr. Bones, the former Nunzix, was more than willing to help Poe fight against Terex. In fact, the commando droid completely slaughtered his gang before Terex himself was able to gun it down. Those poor meatbags. Hope you guys enjoyed this video on BX series droid commandos and uh, all the times that we were, most of the times that we saw them. Have an awesome rest of your day. Leave a like if you enjoyed this and I'll see you in the next episode of Star Wars Theory. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Manufactured as the replacements of the Oom series by Bactoid Combat Automata and Bactoid Armor Workshop, the fourth class standard B1 battle droids or clankers, as the clones in the Grand Army of the Republic like to refer to them as, were the most extensively deployed battle droids in the Separatist droid army during the Clone Wars. They served as scouts, gunners, pilots, and soldiers, but perhaps because of their wide usage, they cheaply produced the B1 battle droids to an extent. They were also very feebly constructed and easy to destroy, however, they made up for these weaknesses with their sheer number 
and their, with very few exceptions, unquestioning obedience. As the Trade Federation wanted to avoid unnecessary expenditures and retrofitting, they arranged for the B1s to be given a humanoid physique designed to resemble their Genosian creators and to come in at a height of 1.93 meters tall. To avoid the costs of building all new vessels and equipment for their droids, the Trade Federation needed the battle droids to be able to easily operate already existing machinery, weapons, and vehicles, originally made for organic soldiers and pilots to operate. Whenever a B-1 unit was low on power, it was designed to fold into a compact configuration where it could shut down and recharge. This stow method also functioned as a quick and efficient method of storage for transportation. This technique allowed separatists multi-troop transports to carry up to 112 of the B-1s at a time. When they were reactivated, it was first the B-1's limbs that unfolded with their long necks unfolding last. The battle droids were a favorite of the Trade Federation's army during their invasion of Naboo, but due to budgetary considerations, the earlier models utilized to capture the planet's capital city of Theed required the use of a central control computer to operate. This cost-effective measure eventually proved to be a major vulnerability that became evident when the battle droids were dispatched to Naboo's great grass plains against the Gungans. The B-1s mowed down many of the Gungan forces and were sure to be victorious, if it was not for a young Force-sensitive boy, named of course Anakin Skywalker, who piloted a ship during a portion of the battle that took place in space where he destroyed the Trade Federation's droid control ship and with it, their control computer, shutting down the entire droid army and ending the Trade Federation's occupation all by spinning. Constructed in an expensive, though durable metal that protected the B-1 signal receiver assembly, the droids did not fare well against blaster fire and lightsabers, the main weapons of their enemies. If they were hit by electromagnetic pulse grenades or their capacitors were damaged, the B-1s were instantly neutralized. However, if they were decapitated by a Jedi in battle, the droids could still report back intel without being attached to their bodies. Aside from the issued E5 blaster rifles, electrobinoculars, and thermal detonators, the B1s came equipped with photoreceptors. This allowed them to see in infrared, and their comlinks were located right below their elonged heads. They could pick up electromagnetic fields, like those of a hollow projector, and the majority of the units came with these high-pitched vocabulators for their voices. This made them capable of expressing fear, confusion, and even excitement. Now, a few of the B1s were given lower, more monotone voices as well. During the period of political turmoil, known as the Secessionist Movement or Separatist Crisis, that saw the succession of thousands of star systems from the Galactic Republic, the Trade Federation joined its droid army, which included their B1s, with other powerful commerce guilds. Their leadership met on the planet Genosis, and added to their forces of the CIS, the Confederacy of Independent systems. They learned from their failure at Naboo. The newer B-1 models were not reliant on a control signal from a certain command computer to function. Instead, they had been given a limited degree, very limited in fact, of independent thinking and became the main battle droids of the Separatist droid army, utilized for better or worse throughout the Clone Wars. Though the Republic's clone soldiers eclipsed the half-witted B-1s in skill and ability, the Separatists instead relied on the droids' massive numbers to overwhelm the Republic forces and their Jedi leaders. This is kind of like how, when Palpatine took over, he changed the clones into just enlistees due to sheer size. 
Due to their flawed design, however, the B1's programming had several glitches that gave manifestation to personality quirks and panicked reaction to traumatic events around them. This is why they're so goofy. Although programmed to never surrender, they were given self-preservation routines if withdrawal or escape was possible. Now, the droids were even given ranks, such as Sergeant, Lieutenant. The battle droids remained in service throughout the war, much to the frustration of the supreme commander of the droid army, General Grievous, who grew even more furious with the B-1's constant failure and incompetence. Shortly after the rise of the Galactic Empire and the defeat of the Separatists, the B-1's battle droids, along with the rest of the droids in the Confederacy droid army, were deactivated by the newly christened Sith Lord Darth Vader. Though the Empire made the use of battle droids illegal, B-1 still saw service either on worlds that were Separatist holdouts, or eventually through the black market during the reign of the Empire. Hope you enjoyed this video about B-1 battle droids, or clankers as I call them. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next video. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always.